You're listening to this right today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. We have been celebrating WDET's 70th anniversary lately on the show. Today, we want to talk about another important source of local journalism that is turning 40. The Troy Somerset Gazette printed its first edition in 1979. That is a very long time ago, not just in terms of time itself, but in terms of the media business and news in particular. So how important are local newspapers still in 2019? And what are their biggest challenges? Joining us now to talk about the 40th birthday of the Gazette and about media in general is Andrew Neal. He is the managing editor of the Gazette Media Group. Andrew, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the Gazette Media Group first, uh, and uh, specifically about the Troy Gazette and its 40th birthday. Absolutely. Uh, the Troy Somerset Gazette uh, was founded by Claire Weber, who was a young GM employee at the time and was looking for new opportunities and uh, headed north um, for the mall, the Somerset Mall, and found a, what she described as an underserved area. And she had already had a knack for uh, local news, working at the Michigan Daily, working at the South End when she was at Wayne State, and uh, sort of had a knack for news already and found a community that she saw as underserved, um, especially for that vital fourth estate, having a, a voice for the people and having a local paper and decided to start her own. Um, she was lucky enough as well to um, be on the ground level of the city of Troy um, and its economic boom of the uh, 80s and early 90s as well. Um, and journalism was flourishing back then. Uh, there wasn't the internet. There wasn't <laughs> social media. Um, it was local community news. And it was so vital uh, back then, and it still is today. Yeah. You know, uh, there are a lot of people who say that that even though newspapers are struggling to find their footing in you know a, a, a terribly competitive economic environment in, in their in their industry, um, the the need and the thirst for local coverage is maybe more ravenous than it ever has been, and that social media is one of the things that fuels that. Uh, talk about the ways in which uh, uh, the Troy Gazette and and the other Gazette uh, newspapers are trying to deal with that tension. I, I feel like uh, it's it's opportunity coupled with hardship. It's it's certainly been uh, a transition, um, but you're a hundred percent right, Stephen. That um, social media has um, I think shown us a lot of the news that we want to hear. Um, it's self curated news, and a lot of the time. Um, that's not always the most accurate information, and it's certainly not the most. <laughs> you mean well everything on social media is not true, <laughs> Andrew? Breaking this news. is the first time I've ever heard that. <laughs> exactly, but you're seeing a, a, a backlash of that in a in a positive way now that people are noticing that more and more. It's becoming more and more obvious. Um, social media and the news um, that is shared within it, it sometimes it's, exposes itself. And the great thing with um, reliable sources of information like the Gazette, like WDET, places that have already built a reputation um, elsewhere can now come to social media, share information that's backed by truth and backed by a, a strong reputation. Yeah. And so what you're seeing now is uh, a change in the dynamic of in the way of which people want to consume news. And it's not necessarily just scrolling through their phone. We still print every single week and distribute uh, throughout our community. And um, people still look to us maybe now more so than ever for the truth. Mm -hmm. so, so talk about the kinds of things that you cover 
that other outlets miss. There's a big difference, I've always thought, between very local newspapers that serve maybe one community and large metro dailies like uh, the two that we still have here in uh, in Detroit. Absolutely. Um, we cover so many of the things that, um, like you said, regional and maybe a little larger outlets are just not going to miss. It might not be on their radar necessarily. We cover city council meetings, planning commission meetings, um, a lot of uh, what some people might see as mundane, but it's actually the work of the city. It's the business of what uh, what store is coming in down the street from you, um, what rezoning changes are going to happen in your subdivision. I mean, these are the things that people who live in that community care about. People who don't live in that community, well, it's not on their radar, and I understand why. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just so important for a prosperous city to have a very, very reputable and reliable community newspaper. Uh, on, in addition to some of the more um, what could be considered mundane but is also extremely important to certain people, we cover uh, bigger issues as well. We recently covered... Um, an assault ban or an assault bill that's coming through uh, Michigan legislature regarding first responders and including nurses into that bill. That legislation is still in committee, um, but has died a few times in years past in our coverage, interviewing nurses at Troy Beaumont and, um, and people who've been the victims of these things has really shined a, a, a larger light and, and um, has given them a bit more of a platform. And now some of the people that are the, the players in that game have been getting calls from legislators saying, this time we want to get it passed. And I think uh, our story, and it's certainly not the only reason, but it's certainly a part of the reason of why we think the um, bills like that are getting more attention now. So we're um, not only covering some of the things that happen down the street in, in that community, but also some of the things that are a larger issue that the state can help uh, deal with. Mm -hmm. uh, I understand you were talking with Barb McQuaid, our first guest yes. uh, before the show, about how she thinks it's not a coincidence that FBI corruption investigations are happening in communities with local papers. I mean, that, that, that connection between actually knowing what's going on, having a, a journalism presence, paying attention to what's going on, and the ability of prosecutors to do their jobs is is a bedrock of uh, our democracy. Absolutely. I've certainly been told um, in the three years that I've been with the Gazette that several of our stories have been submitted uh, for context into the AG's um, files for certain cases. And that uh, reports like that just allow um, uh, someone to read a story and, and know um, sort of the broader picture of things like that. Um, you're exactly right. We had a city manager in Troy within the last few years who um, was in um, some scandals of his own and is now behind uh, bars in federal mm -hmm. prison. And the FBI is still in town. Um, and we also have a Macomb paper as well. And um, I think as many people probably know, Macomb uh, County has dealt with a lot of uh, corruption over the last several years, and the FBI is still in town doing that. And we're still there reporting um, about the things that they're covering. But you're right, we were there before the indictment started coming down and sort of saw the writing on the wall. And we were allowed to, uh, we were able to inform the community about what was happening um, before things became official. And now you're starting to see things um, really rolling out pretty fast. Hmm. I'm talking with Andrew Neal, managing editor of Gazette Media Group, about the 40th birthday of the Troy Somerset Gazette. Uh, we're also talking about journalism in 2019, how it's different from 1979 when the Troy Somerset Gazette 
uh, debuted and the challenges that face local journalists in particular in not just competing with things like social media, but also having a business model that uh, will sustain them now and into the future. If you want to give us a call, uh, tell us what your newspaper habits look like these days. Do you subscribe to a local newspaper or a news service? Do you like the hyper-like local newspapers like the Troy Somerset Gazette better than the Detroit Free Press or the Detroit News, the big metro dailies that we have here. Why or why not? And what do you value about the kinds of stories that you get from local journalists? Uh, as always, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Also, if you live in Troy uh, and have lived there for a while, tell, uh, call and tell us what your memories are of the Troy-Somerset Gazette. Are there stories that stand out uh, in your mind that they did uh, that made a real difference um, in that community? Um, Andrew, I want to talk to you about how you guys have managed to stay a free paper for over 40 years. Uh, and have you had to consider changing that model, giving given the shifting uh, pressures in the, in the news business. Uh, yes, um, it, it is pretty incredible that in 2019 there's a free and independent weekly newspaper uh, in the city of Troy and in any city really. I mean, uh, anyone who's been uh, on the radar of what's happening with uh, journalism in general and with um, local news, the funding uh, efforts have shifted dramatically. We still uh, subscribe to the old model and we have survived for 40 years because of it. We sell advertisements to businesses who put ads in the paper, and that's what funds uh, our newspaper and our ability to distribute it every week. And we're so grateful to our longtime supporters. Some of our advertisers have been with us for decades. Um, and the, sometimes the only reason they leave is because their business no longer exists or uh, they've sold it to someone else. And so we've had a lot of luck with very loyal uh, advertisers and a lot of support with that. That, um, that model has changed. And, and quite frankly, I don't know if it's the businesses who are not as interested in supporting local journalism um, anymore uh, or not, but you certainly see that model going away. Um, we have not considered uh, adjusting that aspect of the business, mm -hmm. although we have expanded the business into an event side of the business as well in order to supplement some of that. So we host bridal shows and home expos. We're actually bringing uh, the first Detroit home expo back to Detroit in 50 years um, later this uh, next year. Um, and we've done that um, as sort of a response to uh, understanding that we want people to access the news for free still. We don't want people to have to pay to read the Gazette. Mm. I, do, I don't think that model is sustainable. Hmm. Um, I don't think relying on businesses entirely is sustainable either in, in moving forward here. So we've had to diversify a little bit already with our event side, but that's going really well, and it's allowed us to maintain the same exact quality of journalism, uh, but also the same product of a free independent newspaper. Yeah, that independence is uh, obviously quite... Quite valuable to you. Um, uh, you guys also have a paper in Macomb County, um, uh, and we're going to talk with Candace Miller, who's the Public Works Commissioner there, in a little bit. Uh, tell us what's going on in uh, in your Macomb County community in 2019. 
Well, in in Macomb County, you've seen a lot of uh, fallout from the Rizzo corruption case. Um, A lot of big players in Macomb County, businesses and politicians have been going down over the last few years because of FBI indictments um, and pay to pay, uh, you know, pay to play corruption scandals. Um, Obviously, the biggest one being the Rizzo trash haulers. um, And that has been a story that I thought was uh, going to end a couple years ago. And now the, the more we've been covering it, I think we're only uh, at the tip of the iceberg still of what's to come um, in Macomb County. Uh, I think a lot of people who live there um, and have lived there for a long time, I grew up in Macomb County, um, understand the level uh, at which um, politics is played there. Mm-hmm. And um, I, a lot of people um, and a lot of trustees and supervisors have indicated that uh, potentially there's more to come. Um, with the FBI's uh, investigation. And we'll see how that plays out. On a smaller scale, we cover uh, Shelby Township, Macomb Township. We cover the small city of Utica and uh, Washington Township as well. And those communities have all been involved in that case as well. But there's a, you know, a lo- also a lot of other good things that are happening there too. Um, in Macomb Township specifically, um, we've been following a lot of the turmoil between um, board meetings at the board of trustees meetings. Mm. Um, anyone who's watched the videos um, can see that public comment gets a little bit um, vocal, <laughs> a little heated, <laughs> a little bit. Um, Shelby Township has a similar thing. A lot of um, a lot of interested uh, citizens, a lot of engaged people who um, want to make their voice heard. And then you see a lot of times the officials trying to curtail that voice. Um, three minute time limits have been set in place now, pretty much across Macomb County. Um, and you see that trend now picked up locally. So you see a little bit of a response from the people in charge of not necessarily silencing, but certainly limiting um, the amount of camera time that they're going to allow any resident to uh, vocalize their um, distaste hmm. for, for certain uh, policies. And, and you see some other contracts of things that are done out in the open um, in some of these communities that... Um, uh, you, you know, could raise some flags, uh, maybe not necessarily business as usual. And um, we're um, super excited and happy to be there still with the support of the community and um, always grateful to be able to write those stories um, that uh, hopefully help inform people a little bit more about what's happening in their town. Yeah. Okay. Andrew Neal, Managing Editor of Gazette Media Group. Congratulations on the 40th birthday of the Troy Somerset Gazette. And uh, thanks for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you so much, Stephen. Up next, uh, we're going to have a conversation about water infrastructure with Macomb County Public Works Commissioner Candace Miller. Stay with us on Detroit Today.